You're listening to the Deeper Christian Bible Study Series on Ephesians. Thanks for joining me, Nathan Johnson, in an in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let's dive into the lesson for the day. We've been walking through the blessings that Paul declares that we have in Jesus, found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 14. Now, if you've been following along with these studies, last time I asked you to examine the phrase in love found between verses 4 and 5. Now, interestingly, depending on what translation you look at, they include this phrase in love either as the conclusion of verse 4 or the beginning of verse 5. Now, to help you understand why this happens, you need to understand that the verse, the verses between verse 3 and 14, is one long sentence. And it really is a doozy of a sentence. Now, in the original Greek, there was no punctuation. And thus, grammatically, and in the context, that place of where the in love uh, sits, we're trying to figure out where that makes the most sense. So, our choices are either it concludes verse 4, therefore saying, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In other words, Christ choosing us was done with the undercurrent of love. So that would be one idea. The other is the idea that it begins verse 5. So it would say, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as sons to himself through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, in this case, it would suggest that it was in and through his love that he adopted us as children. So, which is correct. Now, it seems grammatically it could go either way. And contextually, when you just kind of look at the flow contextually of the passage, my conclusion is, well, I don't think it matters. So, (laughs) let me clarify. See, the phrase, in love, it does matter very greatly. But whether you put it as the statement that concludes verse 4 or the beginning of verse 5, I don't think that actually matters because the reality is they're both true. That word, love, in the passage is the Greek word agape, which is not some feeling or mere emotion. It is the very heart and character and nature of God. See, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 and 16, I love the phrase. It's actually a bookends for the passage. It says twice, God is love. God is agape. So when you look back at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, what you discover is that the undercurrent of both of the phrases is this idea that God is love, and therefore he operates from this position of his nature, which is love. See, God is not some mean, nasty God waiting to stomp on your head. See, he must be understood in light of Jesus, who is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of himself, and upholds all things by the word of his power. Or as Colossians 2.9 says, For in him lives all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, you have to interpret God in light of Jesus. Yes, God is just, and yes, God will send people to hell. But make no mistake, his heart and nature biblically is this idea of agape, which is an unconditional, unmerited, passionate love characterized by a willing forfeiture of rights or or privileges on another's behalf. It's this overwhelming, unconditional love. And so therefore, how did God choose us in him before the foundations of the world? 
that we should be holy without blame before him. He did it not just because he loves us while we were yet sinners, but because he himself is the fullness of love. And why did God predestine us to adoption as children of God? Well, it too is because he is love. So get this, the undercurrent of all that God does is a result of the fact that his heart and his nature is love. So what does this mean for you and I? Well, if God is love and love is the undercurrent of all that he does, and now that same God lives in you and I via his Holy Spirit, would it not make sense that this same love is to define, is to define you and be the undercurrent of all that you do? See, our desire as Christians is to be ever more like Jesus. It is to be formed and shaped and transformed by his life and his character. And if he is love, shouldn't the primary definition or the characteristic of our lives be love as well? Jesus in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 says that you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength, that this is the first commandment. That, that what is to define your life? It is this overwhelming sense of love, that he is love and I am to have that same passionate love for him. In John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus tells his disciples, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That love is to define our lives. But what does this love look like lived out practically? Let me give you two pictures of a life of love. One is, well, the cross. It is the ultimate picture of agape love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it was his love for us that enabled him to lay down his life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But another picture is a picture that Paul gives in 1 Corinthians 13. He begins by talking about the superiority of love or, or how great love is. And he says this, If I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, will I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal? If I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all the mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And if I give all my goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. But then Paul specifically talks about how this agape love behaves. And he says, love suffers long or is patient. It is kind. Love envies not. Love flaunts not itself and is not puffed up. It does not behave itself improperly, nor does it seek its own. Love is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. And then a few verses later, Paul continues by saying, So now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Read through that list again. Does does it not perfectly describe Jesus? See, Jesus is patient and kind. He, he's not envious or rude, and he's not puffed up or behaves improperly. He doesn't think evil nor rejoices in iniquity. But what about you? 
Could you replace the word love in 1 Corinthians 13 with your name and would it still hold true? Are you always patient and kind? Are you never envious or rude? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I fall short. But the solution is so easy. I need Jesus, who is love, to change my life and let his life define my own. Would you live in love? The love of God himself. We're, again, we're not talking about emotion. We're talking about a person. For it was through his love that you were chosen, even before the foundations of the world, to be holy and blameless and to be adopted as a child of God. Oh, what an amazing reality. Now, next time, we're going to look specifically at this idea of the adoption, that, that we are adopted as children of God, found in verse 5. And I would encourage you to join me in studying this passage, which we're going to talk about in our next lesson. And thanks, as always, for joining me in today's study. If you would like to see an outline in this study or read a commentary version of this passage, you can do so by going to deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians 10 for lesson number 10. Also, know that these weekly studies are available in audio format by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or by visiting deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians. And until next time, know I am cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ. See you then. Thank you for listening to this study from the book of Ephesians with Nathan Johnson. If you would like additional resources to help you build your life around Jesus Christ, I encourage you to check out my website at deeperchristian.com. This podcast is the audio version taken from my video series in Ephesians. And if you would like to view the video version of this study, you can do so at deeperchristian.com forward slash Ephesians.